Welcome, and we are live. What's up, everybody? It is episode number 213 for The Last Word. I am joined by my co-host, Travis Senior IGN Northup, and our other co-host, Mr. Cognito, is out today. He's doing a little bit of traveling. I think he is out on the West Coast doing some things, probably work-related, who knows, but... He's got to see those people in person and stuff. He's done with these Zoom calls, so he's moved on to bigger and better live people, I guess. But what have you been up to, Travis? Uh, I am a content creating machine these days. You are. I uh, got a re- got a review coming out uh, Tuesday. I think it is. Tuesday. Nice. Uh, whenever the next date is. That's Steel Rising. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not allowed to say what it is. Oh, okay. As you know. But yeah, it is definitely that. <laughs> and uh, I thought we'd, I thought we'd uh, said that before. But my bad. Did I? I, 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 I might have. I maybe, like, maybe. Who, who cares, guys? We're gonna keep it between us, right? Yeah. Um, oh, family. So yeah, here I got the, yeah, I got a new preview that I definitely can't talk about, but that's gonna be coming going live. I think also on Tuesday. So I'm I finished that up last night. I got you double booked. Uh, All right, cool. Got me double booked. Well, I finished the review like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Sometimes this thing happens when you review games where they give you the code way too early. It's a Souls-like, so I think they thought I would have a hard time with it, and I blew through it in like two sittings, and I was like, all right, my review's done, and now I've sort of just been sitting on this review yeah. for a couple weeks. Well, you so also do people. longer sittings than some people, because I know when you That's go hard true. on a game or review, it'd be like, Oh, it's like when I played Thymesia, I was like, okay, because that was not that long either. And I was like, I did that in two sittings. But like, sounds like for you, you would have done in one. Yours are like 12 hours, 16 hours. Some crazy sessions that you've had. Yeah. Well, one of my one of my sittings was like all Sunday. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I probably do go a little bit hard, but I just (laughs) like to get it done. I just like to be done with it. That's fair. Hey, Um, if you got if you can knock your workout early and rest then do it. And aside from that, I've been, you know going through some personal problems that I don't know if you guys want to hear about it, but um, I was a victim of a crime over the weekend, Um, a pretty serious crime. I was kidnapped. Uh, Do you know about this? E? I have an idea, but you might want to, you might want (laughs) to clarify what you're talking about. Cause I know what you're saying, but they're probably like, um, what? Yeah. So please well, explain uh, the whole story as opposed to setting it up <laughs> like you were actually in trouble. Can I not? Can I not just pretend like it wasn't planned this entire time? Um, <laughs> no. So uh, some of you who listen to the show that I'm on on Sunday mornings probably already know the story. But uh, over the weekend, I proposed to my girlfriend, uh, uh-huh. and I did so. I did so in the most uh, unnecessary way possible. Uh, which is that I staged my own kidnapping via goblins. Uh, some goblins hopped out of a van and stuffed me in it and then ran off into the woods. And my friend Nick was dressed like a bard and explained to her that if she wanted to rescue me, she would have to go on a fantasy-themed adventure to uh, take me back from an evil necromancer that had stolen me. Um, she then went on a nine-hour quest in three acts throughout different parts of San Francisco <laughs> that involved a uh, turn-based combat system, over 50 people as NPCs and bosses and characters she met along the way, complete with side quests, a vendor, loot, XP <laughs> and leveling up, and uh, 
Yeah, it was uh, some of the most ridiculous stuff ever. My friends and I had been planning it in secret for over six months. It involved a tavern scene where we had a bar fight. Uh, it was very elaborate is what I will say. And costly. She fought a dragon in Act 2. <laughs> uh, and anyway. Yeah, those, uh, it, Game, of, Game of Thrones budgets <laughs> for rendering. It's yeah, crazy, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it all ended at Coit Tower, obviously, the necromancer's lair where she did the final boss fight. She was victorious. And then she went to the top of Coit Tower where I proposed to her because that's what you do when your girlfriend rescues you from a necromancer is you're <laughs> obligated by law to marry her. So that was my weekend. Yeah, that sounds pretty much all encompassing. Yeah, yeah, I've actually had a hard time not talking about it on this show because it's been on my mind for six months. Yeah, planning no, this in absolutely. Secret. Yeah. But I couldn't risk my girlfriend uh, overhearing me talk about it or watch an episode of the show, which she would never do. But just in case I had to I had to keep it secret. So anyway, I'm getting married at some point. She did say yes. for beautiful, those asking. Beautiful. That and, would be crazy if she didn't say yes. I'd be <laughs> like, been, yo, yo, you, yo, you might want to feel if, comfortable before you go through all yeah. that. Uh, right. Did you film it to um, make a documentary? Yes. So uh, one of the characters in the in this RPG was a a squire named Teddy, and uh, <laughs> friend of the show Teddy, a, friend of the show Teddy. He came up. Actually, I got to give some kudos to Teddy. Teddy record recorded the entire thing. Uh, he actually came up during the King's Fall uh, release. That's why he was at my house last week, yep. which I did not explain, but that was why he right. was here. Yeah. I knew <laughs> was, nobody else did. Was, but I knew. Yeah. Nobody else knew, but that's why he was up here. He actually had to record it for me. Uh, the weekend that King's fall came out and he risked missing triumph score because there's a chance that, that one of the triumphs would have had score attached to it and it would have yeah. ruined his flawless triumph record. But, uh, it's he rolled friend. those dice. He rolled those dice for me. He was willing to miss his first triumph. Uh, and he got lucky for the record. There were no triumph score uh, triumphs that he missed. Uh, so. There's an emblem he's missing. But what is what is the cost of friendship, really? I mean, he has missed emblems before and he does not have every triumph. He just has every triumph. Every score, score exactly. to it. So he his uh, his record remains untarnished. Nice. Um, he did say that if he missed score, he'd probably thank me from freeing him from the prison. Yeah. But, uh, it uh it unfortunately didn't go that the monkey way, is so. still on his back unfortunately monkey's on his back yeah so anyway uh that's what happened look there he is hey he is. teddy it's in chat he said it was a calculated teddy choice the... but a friend i'd do it again that's a true friend yeah. right there that's how you dude do he is a true friend he walked 9.4 miles and coit tower's elevator was broken that day for the first time in seven years oh no and so he had to walk up every step to the top of coit tower which is one of my favorite clips he was recording in like clips throughout the day like yeah. anytime they got done with like a scene he would like stop recording and then he would start a new clip and that clip is literally just him having a heart attack as he climbed 13 <laughs> flights of stairs <laughs> and, and then it ends uh, that's it that's the whole that's, clip that's the clip be like I, this is i, I just want to i just want to put that clip on there and like maybe add some music or something yeah. but anyway for those who are asking it was recorded and i plan on putting together some kind of sizzle reel at some point uh, just to give everybody that recap. I need to see what this what like combat is like. The dragon, the bar. I mean, I need to see pieces yeah. of this. So yes, it was pretty I aggressive. See director, I want to well, see the director's uncut. I need to see the Snyder cut, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I do have the basically the entire thing recorded, but I I think it 
probably will be better if I splice it together into something that's maybe like two minutes long and then post it to Twitter. So there you go. Look out for that. My engagement was insane and it was a lot of fun. And thank you for everyone who helped make it possible. Well, as New Red said, now you set the bar so you can decide either Hollywood movie or miniseries for the actual wedding production. Yeah, I would like Nathan Fielder to uh, recreate it in one of his shows. That's my goal. <laughs> for those of you who are watching the rehearsal, that was uh, I, w- I was channeling uh, Nathan Fielder pretty hard on this one, which was which was uh, very useful. Well, uh, for me, I'm not going to take too long. Did Kings Fall Raid? We'll talk about our thoughts on that when we get there. But we have a very patient guest, but I wanted to let Travis get that story out. So massive congratulations to you and your lady and betrothed. The- Yes, Her name D. is Deanna. Yeah. So awesome for you guys. Got to meet you both actually at GCX. So you guys are, you guys don't know Travis the way we do off air. And then at GCX, we got more of that. But D is like the perfect person to match Travis in like every way. Like you want to find like a witty, sarcastic, just, you know, throw in little things here and there. And she fired right back in the best way at one point, And it was... <laughs> Could not have asked for a more perfect yeah. moment. I was like, oh, you guys are yeah. meant to be together. Beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. when you see something like that, you're like, oh, okay. Yep. You guys are exactly who should be married. But yeah. I don't want to waste too much She's more time because we have a very patient guest. Thank you for waiting. But we got to bring you into the show. A pleasure. Welcome to The Last Word, episode number 213. War Priest presented many teams with quite a challenge this weekend with the reprised King's Fall Raid, but it was nice to be back on the Dreadnought in 4K and 60 frames. Quite a few things just got fixed a few hours ago, so now I can finally start experimenting with Arc 3.0. But wouldn't you know, it was that Crucible is on the timeline once again, and our guest is a great man to discuss such a topic. Starting young with Nintendo and Mario, thanks to his uncle, his gaming journey had begun. Then he tricked his mom into some PC gaming for education. With a gaming history including RTS games, Civilization, as well as being an avid tabletop consumer, it's no surprise that he enjoys getting into the numbers and details of all his hobbies. Many moons ago, the desire to know as much as possible spilled over into the Destiny Reddit with threads about many of these unique weapons our guardians get to use. A few posts and discussions later, a podcast was born. Previous guest of the show, Mercules, who some may know actually now works at Bungie, started started the one and only Destiny Deep Dive, the massive breakdown with our guest. So let's welcome the now solo host of that show and Beneath Twin Suns for you Star Wars fans out there, active individual who enjoys adventure racing, obstacle course running, and really any way to get his body moving in unique ways. The man who takes every single number, cone, stat, and nuance of Destiny and manages to make some sense of it all with that Matrix code, hanging out with me in the Lone Star State, the one, the only, Kit or see if I can do this right. Kit Kutcha, how you doing? Hey, thank you for that uh, fantastic introduction. Uh, I feel like I feel like I've been slacking now on my own show uh, with my introduction. So uh, I'm I'm doing pretty pretty well pretty well this week. Yeah, yeah, keeping uh, keeping very busy. So how for- hot is it in Texas there? And you're you're part of Texas. It's been a bit more reasonable. Where are huh? you at? Are you the so? So I'm I'm in the San Antonio area. Okay. It is currently 92 degrees Fahrenheit at 6 p.m. Yeah, that's fun. In uh, in Texas, uh, and I do my office yeah. is on the the uh, the west side of the house, so I do get that that nice uh, afternoon sunshine 
Oh, yeah, um, you'd so be I, cooking. Yeah. 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 So it gets a little toasty. Gets a little toasty. Yep. Uh, well, we got to go back to the OG starting out. I got to know how just yeah, I kind of want to hear the story of you got Nintendo, but your mom did not want that to happen. So I just kind of want to know how that got snuck in and how like, <laughs> you know, how many hours did you spend playing Mario once you got your hands on that thing? Yeah. So this was like a surprise Christmas gift from uh, from my uncle. Um, he gave us a, a Nintendo with four cartridges. Uh, he just Jeez. he brought it over. It had not been previously discussed, but once it was in the house, like, you know, how do you say no to a gift? That's what the uncle gets uh, to do, though. That's from family, right? That's that's what uncles are for. Uh, so. Yeah, so I spent a lot of time. We, we never got to buy another Nintendo game, but we had uh, the original Mario Brothers. We had Super mm -hmm. Mario Brothers three. That's like the best one. Well, uh, we we had Super Contra and uh, then we had. What what I am drawing a blank uh, on the other game, Gradius, which is like oh. you're flying a ship yep. through a tunnel endlessly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we spent a lot of time uh, on all of those. I never really got past the first level of Super Contra somehow, but we played uh, Mario to death. I mean, yeah, I, there was definitely a point like Super Mario Brothers 3. I know I put like 10 hours in one day as a kid, which is probably not what you're supposed to do and be outside but i still did that <laughs> like mario 3 was definitely probably my first very long game stint started there and who knows how many more so i approve of some of the choices there that was that was a good handoff from the uncle and then yeah. where did it progress from nintendo like what was the next system or did you just jump straight into like you know time forward or where'd you go uh so i jumped into pc gaming after that and i was i was very much like a for I my my whole life basically uh since the age of like ten now I've been like a a big four X gamer so uh, Civilization is probably the classic okay game uh don't ask me to list uh, what the four <laughs> X's are but it's like expand explore exterminate some uh, okay. a, a fourth X I was like I knew uh, Civilization I just didn't know the four X reference that makes perfect sense though yeah so you're you're it, it's a game where you're building some kind of empire fighting against other AI-controlled empires, collecting resources, etc. Uh, so, yeah, I've played every iteration of Civilization uh, over the years, and um, I play Stellaris from time to time. It's good fun for kind of a sci-fi kick. It's nice. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I get the original Civilization on nine floppy disks. It took, like, an hour to install. I remember Office um, or whatever on, like, 78. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was, you know, it was, it was fun. It was fun. It was it was a historical game, right? The Civilopedia actually I credit with um, me not having to study like world history. Oh, got away with it so. through gaming. Or is that what you told your mom it was for education? And then she'd be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you can play for hours. He's learning stuff. Totally fine. Yeah, I mean, I was still limited. I was still limited uh, for sure. But yeah, we got we got kicked outside a lot, which is, you know, I've, I've retained that. I like to game, but I also like to get get outside and, and be active as well. Indeed. Staying with gaming, though, I got to toss this one to Travis, as he is probably a good one to ask about the tabletop side of gaming. I figured you might want to uh, see what this man's got to discuss on that side yeah. of things. Well, I'm a I'm a tenured game master myself. 
And I, uh, I guessed. I heard that you, you guessed. What what could I have told you that made you think that of me? Um, yeah, just intuition. the lucky guess, just, I guess. Huh? Um, Isn't that, that 20 on my intuition? That's all. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, uh, actually, what's interesting about my fantasy-themed RPG is that I am a, a long game master, but I don't really uh, play Dungeons & Dragons. I haven't for quite a long time. Uh, just moved on to other stuff because... Uh, I kind of view like Dungeons and Dragons as like your starter kit for RPGs, but eventually you kind of you get you just you want you want other stuff. One of the one of the games that I've been jamming for a long time is actually the um, Fantasy and Flight Star Wars RPG, which I know you are a fan of Star Wars yourself. So yeah, just I'll open the question: what 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 sort of stuff do you get up to in the dice world? Uh, what games do you play? Are you a player or a game master? What's your what's your deal? Yeah, so uh, as far as uh, as far as tabletop RPGs go, um, I like like everyone. I think I started with Dungeons and Dragons, um, but I, I was I was going to say preach there as far as kind of moving on to other games. Um, nice. So I've, I've got a regular uh, online group. We play on Roll Twenty. Uh, nice. Most weeks when we can. Adult scheduling is difficult, but. Even yeah, online, for sure. Difficult. I do once a month because it's hard to get people around the same table. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, so we we tend to kind of pick the the rule set based on the setting, and we kind of rotate and pass off who wants the game master based just on who's excited about something new. Uh, whenever we kind of wrap up a campaign, so I have played a lot of stuff. I've never played a Star Wars RPG. Mm. Um, which I, well, it sounds like you're surprising. <laughs> you should definitely change it. Yeah, yeah. it's great, um, dude. I did. I did write a setting conversion for Star Wars for the Savage Worlds game. Nice. Uh, based off of the uh, the superpowers rule book. Um, nice. Because I was like, ah, oh, Jedi are basically superheroes. So uh, kind of yeah. made sense to me. But I never I never did get a chance to get that game off the ground. I just, you know, wrote like 30 pages in Google Docs on it. No big deal. Nothing major. Uh, not a long time cool. commitment. Guys, you want to play mean, this? No? Okay, yeah. that's fine. Standard I mean, that game is, master that, stuff. Yeah, that is surprisingly <laughs> actually not that much for a game master. 30 no, pages is like, okay, eh, what on is it, an like, average? <laughs> what is an average game? Now, I, now I'm curious because 30 pages in the Google Docs ain't nothing. Are you, are, are you making the rule set yourself or are you simply writing an adventure within an existing rule set? Because I've done right. both. OK, and give me I've two written... ballpark examples. I don't have to have like an hour discussion, but like <laughs> using <laughs> so someone's I, versus I, from I wrote a, I wrote a two year campaign, okay. but I was making five characters wherein I created all of their backstories. I like made the characters for the player okay. and each of their bios was about 30 pages long for all five of the characters. And the actual story was like a couple hundred pages. So, and this was all, you know, you have to write when you're game mastering, you have to write different routes and you have to write yeah. you know, different possibilities. It's like designing a video game with lots of choices, except for in a video game, you actually can control the outcomes in RPGs. You can't, and that's sort of part of the fun. So you want to create a loose outline of like what your goals are and what you want kind of the various arc options to be. And then you never write more than one session ahead because you're otherwise you're trapping yourself and wasting time on stuff stuff that might not happen so you know you create like what i did for that campaign is i created like a lot of material for stuff i wanted to do and then i just wrote each session as it went and by the time it was done it was like a couple hundred pages and that was yeah. for a system i didn't even make 
I've made systems and like the system itself will be like, you know, depending on if it's a light system, it could be one page. They call them one pagers if it's like a really simple system. I yep. tend to like chunkier systems. So mine okay. tend to be somehow a couple of hundreds. Yeah, that mine mine tend to be hundreds of pages. But uh yeah, dude, it's uh it's wild. The world of 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 RPGs, man, it's it's such a such a cool you should do it, E. Next time next time when you come to SF, we should set up a session and and uh and like just do a one that. shot or something. Is that what they're just called? do a one shot with you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He's got okay. to go down already. That's um, one of those rare things I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> I went to dinner with an, a couple of friends and they play and they have friends who play on a weekly basis and talk to them for a little bit. It's just, as you guys say, it's like for one, being an adult in the time commitment alone, it's like, it's a whole journey you're going down for a while. Do you have enough friends to even have that happen is another thing too. But what I wanted to ask you two is, is there like, give me like cool, just one, just, but like kind of like, memorable moment from a campaign where something cool happened that like this is kind of why i play one of these things that's like one of these moments that's like all right this one this is what you had to be there for type so i'll i'll jump in because i just had one of those uh two weeks ago in our in our session so we're running i'm running right now a uh a superheroes campaign um in savage worlds uh based off of it's actually a sort of a developed based off of the uh, the published uh, Necessary Evil campaign. Uh, so the basic premise is that aliens invade, murder all of these superheroes, and it is now up to the villains to save the world because if anyone's going to conquer Earth, it's, of course, going to be them. Nice. Uh, so I've got, I've got a dynamic duo um, uh, wherein one of them is... Uh, his power set is essentially being a giant death robot... Uh, <laughs> And the other one is uh, has has the ability to manipulate light, so he's got like invisibility and hard light, and like he can see around corners and uh, create illusions. Um, so we had kind of a showdown with a long-running nemesis of theirs, uh, who is uh, like this overpowered knight with a sword. Where like basically, if he hits you, like there's even odds you're gonna just get one shot, like be down possibly for the count. Uh, I'm not I'm not too shy about putting them in potentially deadly situations at this point in the campaign. Like if you roll a one, you're kind of done. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's so there's a there's a mechanic in Savage Worlds where any any dice can do what's called acing, where if you roll the highest number on the dice, you just roll it again and add that. So when you roll damage and you have like 66, eh, maybe you roll like 40, 50 damage, which is a lot. Um. You know, so so anyway, he's uh, he's about to charge uh, the the robot guys. They're kind of arch nemeses. Um, and so he goes charging down the street with his sword. He's kind of got the drop on him like this is going to be like one of those situations where like maybe he just murks him outright here. Uh, but he doesn't know that uh, the invisible guy is standing on the side of the road. Holding a mega taser which is specifically designed to take down superheroes. So he goes running straight by him, gets tasered, and just flat out just drops boneless to the ground. Uh, and then the, uh, the other guy gets his turn. He's got a fusion cannon, so he just... Uh, the, the invisible guy realizes, like, hey, okay, I've dropped him. I'm going to get out of the way now. And so he... 
leaves. Like he like runs around the corner. Robot guy fires his fusion cannon in, into the side of a building and drops it on the boss. Did, and did, that's was that like done? Outright outright kills him. Nice. I was expecting this fight to take like an hour, hour and a half. Uh it took like fifteen minutes. <laughs> So it is fairly unpredictable, to say the least. Well, that, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, like when you say somebody's invisible and now all of a sudden be like, I'm going to hide here. And then the dude starts running. And you're like, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. It, is, it, it was, was like a, a of... Scooby-Doo trap. They, they Scooby-Dooed him. <laughs> they yeah. did. It's a bunch of really good roles and uh, just bad roles on my part. Like just that's that's one part of the fun of Savage Worlds is it's like. Like the, the campaign I'm playing is kind of like the boys with. But but like only the violence part. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Let's just make it the the crazy part of the show. So, yeah, it's just the hyper violent uh, part of the boys. So, nice. yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun. So. Yeah. Oops, all murder. Boys. Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that on, I mean, yeah, I, was like, I know like I haven't ever got into it, but like the more I listen to it, you know, you see like critical role being like really massive and popular and then like dimension 20 doing its thing. And then, um, just kind of watching more and more of that, just kind of creep in and stuff that I've watched a little bit. It's kind of cool to see you guys actually talk about it, kind of explain what happens again, as you said, Travis, like doing a one shot just to, I don't need one that goes for a year right now. I don't know if I can fit that into the schedule and stuff like that with everything else going on, but Trent just experiencing one, as you guys said, that would be, be kind of cool. would be fun. Yeah. Be fun. Be happy to host you, man. I do all kinds of stuff. I mean, that story, I, I, I'd have to pick which one. Cause as you know, I run just different sorts of campaigns all the time. Okay. I did the star Wars one. I currently running an American Vandal campaign. I don't know if either of you guys have watched that show American Vandal, but it's mm -hmm. basically like, it's like a mockumentary. <laughs> it's like, a maybe, I uh, have. it's I like know. making a murderer, but stupid. Yeah. It's a, it's I a, think it's I about, remember hearing about this yeah, thing. That's the one with the like, it's about a, a guy who gets accused of spray painting a bunch of penises on cars in the faculty parking lot. And then the students are trying to solve it like it's a and it, it's it's like filmed with like the seriousness of like making a murderer, but it's just really stupid. And so I'm currently doing an American Vandal uh, RPG, which is just fantastic. And uh, yeah, I'm always trying new stuff. So I, yeah, I like that, just that's out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, bringing it back to video games. Um, so for you, Kit, how did your journey into Destiny, like, what's your journey been? I know, obviously, the Reddit took you down the podcast hole, but, yeah, like, how did your Destiny journey begin, like, start to where you are now? Uh, so a bunch of my friends in my, my tabletop RPG gaming group at the time were all, like, every time we'd get together, every week they were talking about destiny and how they had been playing like every night and this went on for like a month or two and finally i was just like all right i feel like i need to actually like check this game out so i went over to my buddy's house peer pressure does wonders and yeah you know and, and he loaded me up uh just in patrol uh i think i was i think i was on venus Ooh, and he point. just let me just let me run around uh, for like half an hour and you know obviously he was like level 29 or something and so and you know, this obviously many many moons ago when that meant something yeah forever 29 did <laughs> yeah i was i was there i was mm -hmm. there for a while but 
I was there. So for I, I had such a blast. <laughs> um, but at, I mean, this this is a long time ago. At the time, uh, I was the sole like income source for a household, and I wasn't making a ton of money. Um, you know, we just had a baby, and my wife was home full time, and so like. <clears throat> I had Christmas and my birthday coming up because they're nine days apart. So that kind of oh. so I was just like, hey, everybody, I don't want gifts. I want money so that I can buy a PlayStation and Destiny 2. And I started like squirreling my sort of extra cash yep. away. Skip and, the coffee, uh, starve myself for a meal, just put everything in the corner. I was I was able I was able for uh, for my birthday to buy a PlayStation and, and Destiny and uh you know, I had I had kind of a built-in raid group ready to go, and Perkins, so they yeah. they got me up to speed pretty quickly, and um, you know, I was able to uh, to kind of when uh, when Crotus when the Dark Below launched, I was I was ready to raid, uh, you know, so I we we got right into it, doing Crota three times a week, doing Vault of nice. Glass three times a week, like I was hardcore PVE uh, that whole time. Hadn't I didn't even really touch the crucible up until like uh uh House of Wolves, I think. Okay. Which was a brutal time to be trying to learn how to play PvP. Yeah. Because, First thing, straight into trials. Go. Yeah, well, I, you know, I jump in and you get two tapped by Thorn from across the map, and you're just like, oh, oh. this is what it's like. Yep. Yeah, I forget uh, the dates and like what coincides with like what meta and era of the game. I'm sure somebody's got a list somewhere, but um, so yeah, it took me took me a few months to uh, to get my feet underneath me in the Crucible, but uh, I was starting to get pretty decent by the time uh, the Taken King launched, and so I kind of at that point I was kind of doing everything. I was playing a ton of Destiny uh, at that point, and uh, still play a ton of Destiny. Yeah, the the, re the rest from there is kind of history. I was writing <laughs> Arms Day guides and. Okay. stuff on reddit and that's kind of how merc and i connected because he was writing weapons guides as well um, nice. non-arms day and <laughs> so you know we just we ended up getting to talking and we're just like hey it'd be fun to i think i think some random person on reddit was like you guys should do a podcast and we were just like should we do a podcast and we did a podcast 200 and some odd episodes later i yeah. was recording in my garage for a while oh which that's fun yeah they i mean i you might say there was a little echo in the background, you know. <laughs> You're like not the prime audio quality I was looking for, but but yeah. that's when you. I mean, yeah, we used to have a different name as well, and yeah, it was Travis was well over at IGN doing his fire team chat things for a while. I don't even know if you were on. I don't know if we started our show before you were even on fire team chat. We might have been doing that long enough, but yeah. I'd, yeah, you, you, you were, your show was was long established by the time I was on Fireteam Chat. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, if you go back and listen to like episode one, there's probably <laughs> been a few tweaks since then. I definitely have a different <laughs> microphone, different audio editing. All of that stuff is different now. So it is nice to, as you're saying, it's it's nice to kind of think about the journey, but you're kind of happy where you've landed now. You're like, I know how yeah. some of this works. It's kind of easy now. Yeah, I've been I've been fortunate to have a ton of very, very generous and very helpful supporters in the Destiny community who've who've pushed us along the way, um, especially in the last year or two. Uh, the you know, sound quality has drastically improved. Uh, we're a lot better funded. And, and so, you know, I'm able to 
you know, actually pay people uh, to do work that I'm not really qualified to do myself and have a nice uh, microphone and good software and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's much better. Um, and I'm, I'm now a hardcore PVP main and have been for like five years. Like I, I barely play PVE in comparison. Like if you just look at my actual play times, I play, like I always play the story and campaign because I love that stuff. Uh, and I do just enough rating to get like what, if there's a weapon that I just have to have, I, I do just enough for that. Um, just enough grinding to get the weapons that I need for PvP, basically. And then I just go play sixes. Well, uh, Travis, would you like to ask him about our long-running segment? Of course I would. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I gotta see that one up for you. Kutch, now that, you, uh, now that you've gotten to know us a little bit, it's time to introduce you to our longest-running segment here on The Last Word. Uh, it is called Let's Help Ivantas. In this segment, we get PvP mains to come onto the show and give us tips to help Ivantas not suck as much at Crucible. Oof. And so at this point, I would like you to give us one of your top tips, maybe a nugget of wisdom, anything. Hand out a copper piece to this, this prole on the streets in his ragged clothing, looking up at you and wondering, how can I... How can I be saved? Let's go. Copper is very expensive now. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially so, for a prole, the landless poor that you are. It's unfortunate. Yeah. So my number one piece of advice that I that I I give to everyone, including myself on a regular basis. The, the number one thing you can do to have a better time in the crucible. Is don't die. Make that your your primary objective in every encounter i was gonna say like to an average person they're like well no kidding but i was like yeah, so, i was like so yeah feed me come on let's hear it yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll elaborate right so there's a couple of components that go into not dying um so first up be super aware of your surroundings right so you never want to you never ever should take a 2v1 on purpose, like, like, especially, you know, if you're not somebody who's like a hardcore PVP main who knows that they can pull it off and, and, you know, has experience, average player never, ever go into a situation where you are outnumbered. Uh, number two, ideally don't take a gunfight where you don't outnumber the other, the other person. Uh, unless, unless you know for a fact that they're damaged and you're not right. So that's, that's part two of don't die. Um, you know, part one, don't get outnumbered. Part two, outnumber them. Uh, so great piece of advice there is have a friend that you can follow around. Um, ideally, you know, whoever's on the top of the scoreboard for your team, follow them around, clean up their kills. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a great way to stay alive, help your team. Um, and also, ideally, you know, learn from somebody who's clearly doing well. Uh, so number three, if you get shot by somebody who you have not already shot first. Recognize that that person is Han Solo and you're Greedo and get out, like just book it, find cover. It, it, unless it's a sniper rifle and Greedo died. So, well, yeah, you know, the, at that point, the learning opportunity is gone. Um, <laughs> but if, if somebody shoots you before you shoot them, your first reaction should be, where's my cover and, and 
be sliding into that cover. Um, so that's that's kind of the three, I think, three biggest pieces of advice that I have uh, as far as don't die. The fourth one is if someone shoots you or you're weak and you like manage to get into cover, don't just sit there and wait for them to come and finish you off. Like look for a lane where you can actually fully disengage from the gunfight until you can heal. Um, and there are always caveats to this. You'll see good players completely ignore these rules. That's because they're good players. Um, and they know when they can ignore those rules. So if you're that's 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 really I think like you will see your KD go from 0.5 to to one. I mean, if there the are less D's, that yeah. sounds horrible out of context. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, less deaths. I'll just say that fully outright. So we don't have too much demonetization here. Less deaths. Yeah. And even the same number of kills makes that ratio go up. No, I was like, I would probably put yours in one summation of like your situation. Just be aware of your current situation, where you are yeah. on the map. Like, have you already been damaged? Do you have a chance to get out of a fight and survive somewhere else? Like your current situation, analyze it all the time in a lot. Whether you're in a good place or a bad place. Have you been shot? Do you need to get to cover? Are you in a gunfight you can win or not? Like those are, that's kind of where I'm taking that one. So that makes sense. I get that. But yeah, I was like, it's, it sounds very simple. Don't die. But no, that is one of those things. Cause sometimes you're just running and you're like, eh, no, I died. Who cares? Whatever. But if you consciously make an effort to be like, all right, hold on. I got hit. Let me see if I can get to cover. Take a second just to, just to, as you said, like reposition yourself, kind of readjust and, Try and come even if you don't have a choice, come back in the encounter, at least have an idea where you're going. Right. Yeah, that's that's uh, like it's it's also the great thing about if making that your focus, the more time you spend alive in the crucible, the more opportunities you have to learn and be in engagements and the less time you spend spawning in and running back to the fight. Uh, the most like the, the worst possible experience I think you can have in the crucible is repeatedly spawning in running to a fight, instantly dying, spawning in. It, you just repeat that cycle. You learn nothing. It's boring. It sucks. It's not fun. Like, I don't want that for people. I want people to take a second and, you know, just kind of focus on, you know, even if, say, maybe I'm not the greatest PV play, PvP player, how can I be the most help to my team? Staying alive, sticking with the group. And obviously, you know, you don't necessarily want to be like, five feet from somebody at this point there's a lot of aoe effects yeah but being close enough that you can work as a team and and follow up on somebody else's shots um and and have them also defend you uh, it's, it's really it's it once i started making that my focus uh my my pvp experience turned around big time so trying to make I've, better decisions just be conscious of the decisions you're making and that's yeah and sometimes I totally forget that. And then when I actually try and feel like, all right, let me think, like, watch the, like, play the radar a little bit. Remember where I am in the map. Kind of be aware. It's like there was, I was goofing around with something earlier. I'm like, well, of course I died. I'm in the middle of nothing right now. Of course everyone <laughs> could. Like those moments when you, you death, you, you die, you're like, yeah, I should have died there. That's my own fault. So. Right. Nope. Those little moments are good. Um, Quick question. Since you are definitely a weapons guy, do you have like a top three favorite Kind of like, and again, it could be a hard list to make, but like three or four favorite weapons that you have enjoyed using that are always kind of go-tos for PvP um, that you would probably put high on a list because obviously breaking down weapons and analysis is kind of one of your things.
things? Uh, well, it's it's uh, it's really tough to make that list. It, I, I kind of go through phases uh, where I really just enjoy a certain weapon type, and it, it's it's somewhat meta dependent uh, for sure. Um, I'm I'm a longtime uh, fan of the last word as oh. a weapon. So you're um, one of those. Okay, good to know. I've I've, I've got a very beautiful uh, hand painted uh, painting that I've been meaning to hang on my wall for ages. One of these days, I'm going to have a really nice like Destiny themed background. Uh, but give this is time. like the, fir- this give is the time. first time I've been on a face cam in a while. So it's okay. We kind of sprung it on you, but we we appreciate you being on face cam. You do the audio podcast and you do it well. Yeah, we just yeah. Uh, add a little little to it. But sometimes the you know facial expressions make things a little fun. Uh, yeah, so I so I love the last word. So that, I guess that'd be like the primary choice. Um, Thank for... you. We appreciate yeah. the and kind it's... words about the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Too easy, Travis. <laughs> I do have a, I do have a fond emotional attachment to Hard Light because uh, in really? Destiny One, the hmm. the first four exotic drops that I got were Hard Light, and so I just kind of got used to using it. <laughs> Man, they really wanted you to try that gun out. I you know what I my first exotic in D1 was? Fully committed. You're going to say Gallahorn, aren't you? You suck. <laughs> can I? Can we drop F-bombs on this show? Uh, <laughs> we made it this far. So but here's feeling. the thing. Here's the thing. I did not get it from a drop. I bought it from Zur the second week. Uh, you're also one of those. That was my first exotic. And everybody said, why would you waste your exotic slot on a rocket launcher? And I said, I don't care. It's beautiful. It I is. bought it because it looked beautiful. Yeah. Yep. I either didn't have coins, couldn't buy it, whatever. My friend had nine of those things. He filled up his heavy section before I had my first one. I was so mad. It took me forever to get that gun. So, yeah, I would be the one saying it right now, but that's totally fine. <laughs> Somebody's like, uh, I didn't know Kit had a face for like five years. Yeah, we just we we pulled this out of people. It's always fun. You know, I I ne- I rarely see it myself. You know, so it's it's hard to it's say. A good face. Usually, people who don't want to come on camera, it's because they're hideously disfigured. But you 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 know you you got nothing to hide, man. Come on. The, the surgery the surgery has really done a lot for me. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you for rolling with the awkwardness that Travis teed up there. I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely, uh, Hampson. That's. All it was a it. face-off surgery, by the way. It he was. was uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was actually it was actually the face-on surgery. I got the opposite. Oh. The opposite procedure, the face-on. Face um, <laughs> yeah. I need to watch uh, that movie again. I, that's a, I really that's miss, a classic. That's a good one. It is. It's very good. I really miss the old, uh, like, the old D1 Dragon's Breath rocket launcher that you'd have the giant solar flare yep. that it made. Um, that was had, dope. Had a lot of fun with that. I can only imagine what's something like, gun. I can yeah. only imagine like patience and time now would just mm. probably piss a lot of people off. It would what give hunters a taste of their own medicine, though. <laughs> the what? What was the prim- uh, no land no, beyond? Was it no land beyond? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I kind of missed that gun because that was my favorite gun to bring into Crucible just to mess with people. Oh, hey, my I, God, I no. was awful. There's with so that. many good memories about that one. See, that's one of those for me where it's like. I never take all that PvP stuff too seriously because I'm mid-level, basically. I'm like, I'm fine. I'll probably survive. I'll end up around 1.0. But, like, I kn- anybody who killed me with No Land Beyond, whether they were close or far, I was like, good job. Because I am awful with that weapon. So I just respect anybody who can use it. Same with the last word. That one pisses me off a little more, though. No Land Beyond, I would at least respect. Because, like, if you hit the shot, you hit the shot. Cool. 
But yeah, yeah, I was like, I've enjoyed. Yeah, I was like, probably don't have any major attachment to guns like you have. My go figure was definitely a massive chunk of early D2, though. It was probably forsaken through that sure, whole year. Yeah. I don't know if that thing ever came off. And now the fact that I've gotten Insidious now, I went back in PvP with that because we had to get like art kills for a challenge this week. I was like, yep, I'm still a Pulse guy. Yeah, Uriel's Gift might still be one of the guns that I have the most kills with because auto precision autos were just like bomb. Uriel's was unique, though. Uriel's was better than it ever had any right to be. It was oh my god, it was so good in vanilla D2. Yeah, yeah. Like the range that that thing had, like it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That was that's a good one. That got me through trials. Like that gun. It's been it's been hard for me to to put enough kills onto a single weapon to catch up with how much I abused that guy. <laughs> it was abuse uh, back then too. Oh, it was yeah. disgusting. Oh yeah. And then I think um I think I got the was it the auto rifle from the nine, the trials of the nine? That I that had like the same kind of feel to it, but it was a little more accurate. And then I switched to that one. But yeah, dude, Ural Uriel's was dominant. Yep. Yeah. I definitely put some time in with that as well. Well what, what was that pulse rifle in D two? with that created the void uh orbs when you when you killed somebody the with one that. i can never remember the name of yeah and that cosmology is the perk oh graviton lance yes thank you graviton yeah. lance thank you yeah dude i'll never forget when that gun was dominant that was uh that was a, that was a time a vibe destiny yeah i was I like new rad was I saying miss that, that. Yeah, that new Amit, Amit, however you say it, the new one that you can craft, the auto rifle, is damn near feels like a Uriel's. It's it's very it. good. It's got some potential. It's yeah, it's an Amalon auto. Not, it's it's an Amalon very... auto. It's definitely in the, the wheelhouse. Hmm. If they if they do follow through and make auto rifles uh, a little easier to use, like I they're not gonna touch the time to kill. Right. Had had multiple devs say that like auto <laughs> yeah, rifles can't afraid. kill faster. Yep, they're afraid or they of like, will be too strong. 001 percent um, increased damage broke the game. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if they make them any easier to use, Amit is going to be very easy to use. It's already like the, the, I don't know if anyone else has a craft. I'm sure everyone has a crafted. It's it's a free craftable. But if you've crafted one uh, with dynamic sway reduction, ooh, it feels very smooth. I can see that. Nice. Are auto rifles any better in Crucible than they were, though? Because I haven't really been able to use one for a long time. No. No. Use an SMG. Yeah, that's what I figured. I use SMGs yeah. and sidearms to get that same feel. And Specifically, use of... use out of bounds. Out of bounds uh, SMG? Out of bounds with tap the trigger. It's interesting. Oh, that's the new one I've, this season? I was it's, the Omelon, it's the Omelon Crucible drop. Yeah, okay. so it's got plus 20 stability. Uh, for the top half of the magazine, slowly gets worse. Tap the trigger gives you bonus accuracy and stability. Like, hmm. I just got one with threat detector, which gives you more bonus stability when someone is close to you, which you know they are. Damn. Generally, with that, yeah, it feels real nice. Flirting with laser beam status there. Yeah, yeah. Well, There's so many good perks. I gotta ask. As we transition, I do. It's like we could probably talk about guns the entire time, but I, we I'm have down. had we have also had quite a few things happen in the past week in Destiny. So I wanted to see um, King's Fall. Have you seen it? Have you watched it? Have you peeked inside? Have you played it? Beat it? Did you do contest mode? Uh, 
Kit, you first. That's, I know what yours means. She said to all of that. Just <laughs> way so, too many jokes. So I, I I've watched some encounters. Um, I played a, a ton of King's Fall and Destiny One, um, and so it's it's pretty familiar for me. There's you know I, I like the changes that they've made. I've not played it yet myself. Uh, it was not a good weekend for me to try and commit, and um, just with with my schedule this uh, kind of this early fall period is is a rough time for me to plan on raids. So uh, I'm I'm leaving it on the back burner, and I'm just looking with envy at the weapon drops. That people have because they are pretty excellent and i had a feeling they were going to be pretty excellent so so before nice. travis and i talk about it then take the king's fall reissue off the table um top three raids uh of the destiny franchise we gotta know we ask most of our guests this one oh, what are your boy. top three raids even if even if you plan just enough to get what you need you've played most of them i would assume so give me one two three or three two one whichever way you want Oh gosh. Uh so I'm going to I'm going to rate this not based on like mechanics or anything like however firm, they fall in your head. <laughs> purely purely for me on like uh nostalgia and emotion. Uh I'm going to and this is going to I think people are going to be like what is this guy talking about? But Crow is in for me, man. So I had so many good memories cheesing through that stupid raid. I mean, um, you're not alone. I have a soft spot for that one because my buddy and I did our two man flawless raid and that's where that one's at. So and yeah. people would be like, well, that's a strike. Of course you can. Can I, ask, like, can I ask a follow up question? Sure. When you when you say so many good memories, do you mean 20 minutes worth of good memories? <laughs> there's a lot of 20 minute memories. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's, you know, a bunch, a bunch of of. Very short. Now, actually, actually, I have a bunch of actually longer memories from people. Most of them involve people screwing up things that were supposed to be easy. <laughs> Those are because then it's like they, five of us hanging out, like playing, playing grenade golf while somebody runs the abyss and dies repeatedly. And so we're just playing grenade oh, golf well, they're trying to cheese it. for like half an hour while somebody like repeatedly screws up in the abyss. Um, So yeah, stuff like that. Uh, I have I have good memories with um, Wrath of the Machine was a super fun raid for me. I uh, just I, you know, again, I just had a group at the at that time where we just we, we kind of clicked. We played together a ton. And so it was just a lot of fun. Um, and then King's Fall, because I played it probably the most of any raid. Um, at, at a point in time when I was really, really into Destiny. And so I, I played it a lot with a lot of different people. I had a lot of opportunities to, you know, uh, have fun with people who hadn't played it before. And so those, I guess those would be the three for me where I have the most good memories. So all D1 or it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm telling you for, for D2, I'm a PVP main. Like I, I don't rate a ton. So I haven't formed those emotional attachments. That's fair. I mean, I agree on, I have a soft spot with Crota, told you why. King's Fall is still, I even got my little King's Fall email. I beat that thing 62 times. I had honestly forgotten that I run any raid that many times. And that <laughs> was the one that I, I knew, I was like, I knew this thing, like back of Which my hand, one? like 62? 62 King's Fall. I ran 62? King, yeah, King's Fall I ran oh, 62 times. Yeah, I was like, that's why when I jumped in, I was like, I have an idea what's going on in here. I used to, I used to be to the point where I was like, all right, 
We're at Golgoroth. When you guys shoot the bubble, all five of you go down there because I used to just solo him. I used to just because you could do that. And I would just like because you could barely hit the top of his head on top of the box to pull the gaze. So I would just like I got my machine gun. I'll solo him. I'm good. And I would just handle that. And it would just help have another person for DPS. And yeah, it's like I I remember running like I was just I'm going to be the runner because that, that was the point where yeah. it's just like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to handle these sections. And that's the one I remember doing that. I haven't rated nearly like that in a long time either. So I'm with you. It's like. I rated Val a decent amount actually recently just because I actually had a group. And that's the thing you kind of said is it's all in who you have to play with. Do you have a consistent group who wants to raid kind of on a weekly basis or maybe every other, but you play with the same people enough. You kind of get a little rhythm synergy and you have those good goofy times. And I think that's the ones that will actually stick out because Val for me was good. And then Kings fall in a similar fashion. Yeah. It's like, it's the times you have with, kind of a repeated group that seemed to be the ones that stick out for me as well. So I totally get your your list. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean I had fun in Val, I had fun in Deepstone Crypt. Um, you know, and then the people I ran with were great. They're people that I have played with uh, on multiple occasions, but it's just like I only ran those a couple of times. And so for me to be like, oh yeah, Val's my favorite raid. I've totally run it like once. Uh <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can't really say that. Um not that Six. I didn't enjoy it, but uh, just my life is is in a different place now. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a position where if I have half an hour during my workday, I can rotate my stool here and, and I can play some Crucible. But I can't necessarily commit to like raiding uh, on the, in the same way. So. Makes sense. Well, long Travis. Yeah, long. That's my what everybody's. Yeah, I was like, uh, you said you did get a chance to play. Uh, did you get yeah. any? I know you didn't get contest run, obviously, for a very good reason. Totally fine. Uh, what have been is your... Is it fine? Yes, it is. Is it fine? Or should I guilt trip her for the rest of our lives? Never. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's all because of you. Actually, you know what? I, I, I don't really enjoy the contest modes with returning raids. That To me, it's like the magic is gone, and it's basically about like remembering stuff and figuring out what they changed on you and it sort of it feels low stakes to me um so i'm not really sad okay if i okay let me ask you this one would you rather have contest or master though and you can answer about either of those yeah i don't care about you were gonna have a difficulty option (laughs) you gotta pick one a or b okay i guess yeah masters just they add beefier bars and champions you have to deal with which is very stupid so yeah i'd probably deal with contest mode over masters um i also don't really like any of the modes where you have to get all your pinnacles in for weeks and weeks because i just never am geared to do that and i know it just it's wasted on me also the rewards for that all that effort are really not worth it so yeah probably contest i i don't have a problem with contest it's more just like you know high stress stuff you've already seen you're not even really you don't the reason i like contest mode is because everybody's figuring it out together yeah like vow it was cool vow was cool but vow is super cool you're not getting spoiled for anything too like in in a reissued raid there's not really anything to spoil so i kind of wish that there was i kind of wish that there was something different or about it that they would surprise us with but there wasn't um but yeah uh my, my initial thoughts on it are uh it's the same raid it's one of the stronger raids I like the changes they made to it. Um, mm-hmm. 
I like the killing knights and uh, kind of reissuing the shield as opposed to the killing any random minion and uh, getting the shield that the whole minion thing. One, the the boss would walk behind those tablets back in the day and then you couldn't shoot it. And so now you can kind of choose where your DPS is because it doesn't really matter as much. And two, I hated that problem of like, wait, who's killing the enemies? I had a guy down to one tap and somebody killed my guy. And then you you screw up a damage rotation because of that. So I kind of thought that was uh, a dumb mechanic to begin with. So I like the changes that they made. Uh, The Golgoroth having to use all six bubbles one. I'm kind of like, was that really necessary? Is oh, my, going my back and on forth. It. Yeah. Yeah. Having to go back and forth and all that stuff is kind of annoying. But uh, yeah, we we beat it with my crew in probably 90 minutes. And that was a leisurely pace with some of us, myself included, not perfectly remembering a lot of the encounters. But I don't think we wiped on any of them and uh, or maybe once or twice. But we got we also got all the triumphs, the extra challenge triumphs uh, oh, stuff nice. done, like uh, where you have to do it with one of each person has to carry the spark and yeah. you can't touch the ground and stuff like that. We did all that stupid stuff. So it kind of felt like I was going through challenge mode a little bit. And uh, yeah, I got some good loot. I only got one piece of armor. The rest was weapons, which was cool. Ow. I got the scout rifle. I got nice. the uh, fusion rifle. I got the uh, hand cannon and I got one other weapon. I think it was the rocket launcher or something, but uh, yeah, pretty good loot. Can't complain. Uh, and I'm on my way to crafting some of these weapons, which I'm going to focus on the hand cannon first, obviously, because I'm a sweat lord. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what goes on from there. Nice. I do plan on doing it until I get that damn scout, the exotic, the touch of mouse. Uh, touch of mouse. Yeah, that thing yeah. seems strong. I have not got it yet. I've cleared it, it three wanna times. I want to get it. Saw somebody one phase uh, uh, vowed disciple Rolk, and I was like, damn, I want that. Oh, for right. a six so stack gonna... doing it yeah like i think yeah, glad, glad i was going around twitter out. beating like all the bosses with it so yeah seems impressive. effective mm-hmm. uh well for me i did attempt contest we got through totems uh it was about as chaotic as i figured but kind of once it was the synergy it just kind of had to get to the point where enough things were dead and you were high enough on the charge the last person just kind of luckily finishes it up is kind of how that first contest totems goes um war priest sucks war priest was the wall and if you look at the twab i don't know if they're gonna update it i want to ask him to see because that's the one stat like who how many cleared each section they forgot to put in there because i'm pretty sure that's where the other big drop off is at because they said four hundred fifty thousand people attempted it 150 ish thousands beat totems and then there's a there's a skip for war priest they have no data and then you get to Golgoroth, Daughters, and Oryx. And it's like 52,000, 49,000, 49,000. And I kept hearing on Twitter, it's like, if you could get past War Priest, everything else was easier. And I 100% believe that because for War Priest, we kind of got the mechanics. We understood the strat. We kind of figured out where to go. And yeah, you're going to die sometimes. But the biggest thing, for the longest time in my head, I did not think we were going to get enough damage. And we really weren't. Like... I was putting some decent DPS up. I probably could have still been better. But like when I see myself topping DPS charts, I'm going, okay, I'm not usually doing that first off, which also worries me because normally there's somebody like beyond me putting in more. And then like when two of us are there and then there's big gaps and it's like, I know there's a lot of moving parts to the arena, but it still just felt like war priest 
The only way we got it, we had to switch to Aeons for heavy ammo drops. That was the only way we could make it happen is like guaranteeing we got heavy ammo on this encounter. Both sides did it. We could go help each other. Everybody was finishing the wizards and everything. Um, and that was, and we finally just had a smooth, all four phases it took to do it. And we finally beat him. We were on him for a solid six hours, probably eight hours. Maybe it was a vast majority of our time. So when we finally got done with him, that was like the big wall I heard of, but we were already, already in half of them were tired. Some people hadn't slept that much. Uh, I did wrap up the stream probably around 10 hours and then we still kept going for another two more on Golgoroth. And we had the sequence like TV and I were like trading the gaze back and forth. We kind of understood where to run it. And the DPS was getting there, but it was just like, oh, it's like we were doing. And then like one of us would just like even the little axiom darts, which are just a pain in the butt to hit on contests, they're worse. So then one of those gets like one of us who's trying to pull the gaze. And it just it was kind of getting to the point where we could have done it. I don't know about like daughters and orcs and stuff like that, but we probably could have got Goldegroth down, but it was just like getting tired. And it's like the fact that you have to go back through, do challenge mode just to get the emblem. You don't get anything for the first clear on the reissues. Also kind of takes like the wind out of your sails. If you're like, if you're not going to get the whole thing, not really too concerned about, you know, going back and doing challenges. Then if you're just like, eh, then 12 hours later, if you're going to just go beat the crap out of it. And that's one thing I kind of wanted to ask you guys. Um, I mean, shout out to Salto Greppo, the three-peat. It's crazy. I mean, whether it's a new raid or a reissued raid. Crazy. But I don't know actually, how they're doing it. I was like, it's it kind of blows my mind that anybody with as many people... I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands of people start this thing. There's still a large population. The fact that they can three-peat it is crazy. But to me, it's weird. Bunch of nerds. Yeah, they're, they're a little dedicated. But it's just weird to me. Like, even if you're somebody who goes through the whole raid on contest mode, you don't get anything. On the reissues. Now, on Val, yeah, you got it. You got the clear if you would have finished it. But, like, there's going to be a free raid next year. They said that in one of the articles that came out. Okay, so when that thing comes out, again, if it's probably going to be Wrath, I would assume, because I don't think they're ever going to do Crota at this point. So if it's Wrath and you go through Wrath and you got to do the challenge mode all over again, it just, it, I don't, I wish there was a few more options of how contest mode worked for day one. For the reissues, because the reissue going back and doing all the challenges and doing it again seems just a little odd to me. I don't know if you guys like that. Don't care. Not a big deal. I don't care personally. I mean, it doesn't affect me at all because I'm not going to be attempting a day one anytime I wish, soon. I wish I wish if you did contest, I will say this. The, the most recent contest mode I beat on day one was Deepstone Crypt. And I was you didn't get sort of. I thought you did. Did I do Val? Oh, I did do Val. I feel but like you did. I think, okay. I think we got to the last encounter. I don't think we finished on day one. Yeah. Deepstone Crypt actually beat like within the first 12 hours, though. It was like a pretty, pretty solid run for me. And uh, I was pretty irked that I didn't get the exotic at the end, mm -hmm. even though I beat it on day one contest. And in fact, had to end up doing that one 80 times or however many I did to get that rocket launcher. So yep. uh, eyes up tomorrow. Uh, I, that, that is the one thing I'll say is that if they're going to make this super ultimate, you know, thing, it, it seems weird that you could sweat your face off for an emblem the first 24 hours, or you could simply wait a day and then just breeze through it and get basically the same rewards. I just feel like if you push through it, you shouldn't have to do the whole RNG grind for that entire season or that entire year or whatever, however long that raid is around. Um, 
that's sort of annoying to me because I, I might do it. If you told me, hey, Travis, you can do King's Fall once on hard mode or you can do it 40 times to get touch. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be trying I, a bit I'm, harder I that might, day. <laughs> I might push pretty hard to get that gun and just never have to do it again. So, yeah. I mean, I'm with you there. If it would have been that, I've been like, hey, guys, who can get a nap, get some and like come back like we can. We're almost there. I mean, yeah, yeah I was like, I'm I was getting there. Uh, New Red said it in chat. I do think contest should be an option. I would much rather see contest as an option for the difficulty versus hard because you can the crazy people, as you said, do all your pinnacles, do all your bounties and the artifact on all this type of stuff like you can over level or at least make master or however they they call it you can make it easier more manageable and then it's just like what are all the crappy modifiers and champions we can shove into this thing as opposed to contest which you get for 24 hours not everybody can do but it always it feels curated like when we beat totems like all the wheels kind of had to be moving at about the right time and it was really close the fact that we got it but we did get it and then same thing with war priest when we finally got it I don't like the fact that it was forcing us to like use one exotic for heavy ammo. That's a separate issue that ammo needs to be more reliable. But just the idea of like if ammo was reliable, okay, do we have the sequence down? And we're just if you can be a smooth oiled machine and you can stay alive and execute, that like contest feels good. Same thing with Val. Like we I you and I were both on the last encounter, we got most of the damage, we understood it and just didn't quite get it all together. But contest, when you have those encounters. They actually really tune contest very well, I think. And it's just when you go back and then you think about doing master, it just it doesn't have the same draw to me. And I can't quite put my finger on why. I don't know if you guys if you agree with that, Travis, or I'm crazy, but it's just contest feels tuned to be it's tough, but I just wish it was available more often. I agree. Uh, give it a reason to exist, though. Give yeah, me a double I agree with that. Double chances of getting the exotic if I do contest mode or, you know, maybe make make them uh, more powerful drops or I don't know. Something. Even just like extra but, perks uh, on the drops, like if it was like three or four have a chance at an extra perk, higher chance of the exotic, you know, higher yeah. stats on the armor. I got a piece of armor from the raid and it was like 58 and I'm like, this shouldn't happen either. Like if I'm getting raid armor. It would definitely be at least in the at least in the 60s. I know after a while, but it's just like kind of a slap. I got way too many class items. I'm already pissed off about that anyway. But I was like, yeah. I think it should. But yeah, I'm with you. Make the make contest an option. But yes, it does need to have rewards tied behind it because otherwise it's just not beneficial. Kit, do you have any thoughts about this as we kind of bounce back and forth? I know you're more of a PvP guy, but just was kind of curious. I, uh, you know, I. What would draw I, I, you into trying? Like even now, if contest was an option, what would draw you into trying that? Uh, so this is my feeling for basically all uh, the way that I think all exotics should work is there should be a guaranteed path to get them. You want me to 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 run every raid ten times? Sure, I'll I'll absolutely do it if you just guarantee that I get the exotic from it. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, I run the raid a couple of times, and if I don't get the exotic, I don't get the exotic. And I, there are still some that I just don't have because they're locked behind raids, and I just wasn't willing to to put the time into that part of the part of the game. So if they're not like hardcore PvP meta exotics, then I I just am not willing to put in eighty clears. Like I would never, I would never <laughs> do that to myself. I mean, yeah. sadly, um, how many times have you fired Eyes of Tomorrow even after all that? Me? Yeah. 
fired it one time with uh with <laughs> I- IRL Titan after he got oh, his we yep, fired it together. Yeah. We recorded it. That was the only and time then, I ever And then you deleted it and insolidated it. But here's it. the thing. I, because I am a PvP main, and I'm sure Kutch can understand this, you never know when the meta is going to change. And so if there's some old exotic in your history that you haven't gotten yet, you're always a little, at least I am, always a little nervous that suddenly it's going to be the meta and that you're yeah. going to be effed. And so like Eyes of Tomorrow, Touch of Malice, probably not ever going to be the meta, but you you never know. Every once in a while they do something and it's like, oh man, now, now I super need that weapon. Like Vex Mythoclast. Oh, I would have been for... hurt. I would have been hurting that season because I used that in every encounter in PvP, and I was just glad I got it. You know, so I, I, I still don't have that. I just ran the Monarch instead. Um, oh yeah, you and you and Mercury is two of a kind, aren't you? Dude, the Monarch <laughs> is is the shit. I mean that that weapon is dope. So uh, I yeah. feel that I was using yeah. that last season actually a lot. I still really love that weapon. I I didn't get Vex. From the uh, from the Renzivog that I did, and I was just like, "Well, guess I'm going with something else." How many did you do though? You said the runs. I, it's probably like two, huh? I, you know, a few. Yeah, yeah I ran, I sure. ran single digits. A ton in Destiny One too. So like, yeah, it's. I don't know. But if there was a hard mode that guaranteed it, or at a fifty yeah, percent drop I, rate I, or something, like it's not like I'm bad at raids. Like I'm good at I'm. Yeah, don't die applies to PVE as well. I'm good at True. staying alive in yeah. in-game content, even when I'm underleveled. But uh, yeah, it's just like it's more like a time commitment thing for me. Like I can dip in and play Crucible whenever I have free time. Yep. I can dip in and, and do some legendary Lost Sector runs, which yeah. I've had had neglected, and now I'm I'm on that train for sure because I got burned by not having some exotic armors that I wanted for PVP. <laughs> yep. That'll that'll take so, you in there. Um, you know, and I can, I can dip in and do, you know, three to 20 clears depending on the day, uh, in an hour and, you know, have a great time. So, but yeah, raids, great exotics. They, they gotta, I know they've given us a guaranteed path if you collect the spoils, but that still requires raiding a ton to get enough spoils or doing a lot of like gimmicking to like collect chests and stuff and. I, I don't know. I just uh, I play solo a lot. So for me, I it's know like that a, feeling. Yeah. a huge grind to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the thing when it comes to King's Fall. It's fun to have it back. And I will say King's Fall with the encounters. I mean, you get done with totems, which is not a boss. But then you have you have War Priest, you have Golgoroth, you have Daughters, you have Oryx. And while Oryx is not a boss, he's still pretty large and menacing. You're not actually shooting him. But there are. Somebody said it on Twitter, I can't remember who, and it was just like, King's Fall still hits as one of the better raids because there's, like, the encounters are learnable within a reasonable amount of time, but they are different enough. It's not just like, here's, learn this, now we're going to tack on a little bit more over here, and then in the next counter we tack on a little bit more with this other stuff, though. It's not like quite as much building, which isn't a bad thing for raid design to say, hey, here's your basic mechanic, all right? Now we're going to have the basic mechanic with a slight different coat of paint. And then we're going to do a little bit more. And it's like, you know, they've had symbols in a couple raids and those types of things. Um, King's Fall was just like dip, like four different boss mechanics. And it still is unique in all, most of the raids that they've done. Even something as complicated as Last Wish is, is probably the closest in uniqueness, which is why it tends to be on other people's high list. But yeah, King's Fall... I'm happy to see it back in Destiny 2. I think I'm happy with the changes as well from 
Like there were, it's so funny when you did normal mode, it's just like, it's so funny. There's like two champions in the whole raid and they're in totems. And then other than that, there's like no champions. And I was just expecting more. I don't know why I figured the ogres were going to be champions or something, but it's literally just two champions and totems. And then that's all. And I'm sure master is just going to be like 15 more, but it almost feels like those two champions are kind of out of place. Like, did you really even need them? Yeah. Yeah. And why, I, and why weren't they high, light bearing high? Oh, I know that would have been great. That would have been pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I definitely I watched some totems because that that was where my my day one of the original King's Fall ended. I was with an LFG group for that day one and people just could not handle running back and forth. It's it takes a little synergy. And I've had some people like, oh, you have three people running. I'm like, yeah, seems to work just fine. Like we and some people are trying to do it with two and it's. Yeah, people have different opinions about it, but um, so King's Fall, I don't want to spend too much time on that one because I know you didn't get a chance to play it that much. Um, but I did want to ask, especially with the hot fix we got today, Arc 3.0 seems to be back on the table for everybody. Resilience is working again for oh, Titans is. and Warlocks. Yes, that did get fixed. Zappy uh, Zap is back on the but menu. No, it was literally today at like Patch, oh, it was today. Okay. I was about to say, I, I tried it yesterday and I was like, ah, oh, this ain't working. And I popped yeah. off of it back to me. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Nope. It is it's back now. on today. Um, and I just want to ask you guys, how has Arc 3.0 been treating you? Even the stuff you've experimented with, the stuff you've liked, stuff that you've not, um, classes you've tried, where has it landed for you guys for Arc 3.0? Kit? Uh, so I'm, I'm loving Arc right now. It's, it's, it's been uh, as as kind of the other three for me. It's been a breath of fresh air um, into the crucible. I, I love seeing the changes. I can't wait to see uh, where they go with the three class structures in the future. I, I'm truly I'm, I'm hoping that we see uh, future releases, including more aspects, more fragments for all of them. That would um, be nice. But yeah, so Arc Arc specifically has been a lot of fun, and there are definitely some builds and some setups that are very, very strong right now. Um, I What are your top you know, ones? What class? What, do you, so, what are a couple builds? Come on, fill in the viewers. Help their ears. Yeah, so well, so I, I do spend two hours talking about this on, on my show uh, coming out Saturday, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch that because I'm not going to give you the whole recap. Hey, that's recap. fine. You can give us a but, teaser, uh, a teaser, a taste. Um, but I think the one that I cannot put down is the uh the arc uh warlock right now i i've loved uh the getaway artists arc buddy uh for a long time uh for warlock it's kind of been my 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 go-to preferred and warlocks have a lot of good options in pvp right now solar and void both have some great setups um but the arc uh warlock right now with getaway giving you the option to just get instantly amped the beginning of a match and cover like i mean you can cover two-thirds of the map in the amount of time that the other team covers Jeez. that that other one like you you're so stupidly fast uh you know if you if you want to get that first kill in the match that's that's the way to do it uh and you zoom in you've got the arc buddy shooting those tracking bolts uh you know i'm going in there with um with you know a shotgun and an smg just playing hyper hyper aggressive everybody's favorite ape coming their way oh, yeah. electrified you know, it's like oh god and it's it's funny because i've been playing like bow 
uh, as, as a bow main on my hunter forever. So I've been playing super passively, um, uh, compa- especially compared to this. I mean, I, I'm still somewhat aggressive, but uh, compared to this, it's, it's, a, it's like a complete 180 in my play style. And it's it's just a lot of fun. It's 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 I don't know. It It is whole W and they, they nailed <laughs> that feel for sure. Travis, you're kind of nodding sure. along. Are you agreement of the whole W or what are you having fun with right now? Uh, well, you know, like uh, Kutch, I'm I'm really only interested in the new subclasses for PvP. And because it's been busted, I haven't really had a whole lot of opportunities to try it. My my Titan is like resilience central right now. So the resilience thing was just blowing up my my yeah. build for PvP completely. Um but yeah, I like it. I like I like moving quickly. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to try a, a couple things that I'm not really sold on the new Titan melee. I kind of kind of don't think it's that useful in PvP. Maybe I just the new I'm, thunderclap. Get, yeah, maybe it I just seems need to get like good it's with it. good for clips, like meme clips or whatever. And you just like wait yeah. for it is what it seems because you because yeah. the charge up is very long and yeah, it can hit hard. They basically but... have to be an idiot to get hit by it. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like my... if you run around the corner waiting for a shotgun, it's kind of the same thing. You just run around. You got and wait clapped for... by it? Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. So I think I think the Thunderclap uh, is it's one of those abilities where the the skill gap is massive between like the average player who tries to use it and it's just like very meh like why am i not yeah. using shoulder charge or thunder crash uh and that's that's uh, by average i mean that's up to like 70 percent or more of the player base 80 percent, 90 percent even uh and then there are a few players who i think are going to be really devastatingly good with it hmm. um so just as like an example of like the kind of plays you can make uh so i was running i was running blink on my hunter um because it feels incredible oh right yeah now. you guys got that too that's nice Blink feels really good. Uh, so I I came around a corner. A, a Titan threw up a barricade as I was charging. I blinked over his barricade, rotating like mid-blink, getting ready to, to hit him with my SMG. And during my blink, he had turned around and charged his thunderclap. So I start shooting him, get him to like half, and he thunderclaps me. And I was just like, oh. Damn. Nice. Well played, son. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's but, cool. And it yeah, has, I, I haven't put a ton of time into it. I will say the one that I've put a lot of time into and I'm already like, who is the uh, Titan Dodge, the Titan? I have uh, not messed with dodge. that yet. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> dude. Like some people, they do not expect Titans to move that way. And no, I, I think that's part of the, the joy of it is, you know, you just somebody's lining up that perfect shotgun shot and you just strafe around them and just blast them. And uh, yeah, I've gotten a, a couple of kills with that that have been super satisfying, but I need more time with it. Uh, you know, the resilience thing was kind of a, a deal breaker yeah. for me. So I'm excited to hop back in there and, and give it a good old college try because I switched back to solar pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. What uh, exotics biggest... am I using? Uh, Trespasser, weirdly. I've been really liking that in PvP um just you know sidearms in general are really good obviously uh i'm here with kutch using my beloved bow as well when monarch is hard to put down uh what else have i been using weirdly wither horde i've been back on that wither horde game. oh I don't god know why. i hate uh, that thing in pvp i really do. i know it's just i 
I can't remember what situation I was in. I think I was playing against a team that was just being super annoying and I, I put it on and I got a couple kills with it and I was like, oh, this feels good. And I just started using <laughs> yeah. it again. So it, I'm kind of back yeah. on that game. It's damage tick is so much higher than I ever think it's going to be. It's like, oh, I can maybe pass over the corner. It's like, if you look at it wrong, it's going to kill you. That yeah. one always just, yeah. it surprises me how fast that tick is. Like, spread it out it, a it, little it, bit in PvP and it might be because, I mean, yeah, it's just deletes really. I, I think part of the reason I'm succeeding with it right now is because arc is making everybody run quicker and i feel like they're making dumber decisions because of it and so yeah, like I believe if you that. throw it on a wither horde at the right 100%. time somebody's just like arc charging they'll run right over that and then you just pop them with the hand cannon it's over yeah. right and so uh I, I it's it's a really good counter to people moving quickly with arc which is why i think it's been it's been working for me yeah i mean you gotta be illogical about it that's fine but <laughs> no it's just one of those when i'm like i see it i'm just like oh just I'm like, oh, you want to run fast? Be my guest. I've Here's quicksand for you. For you. Run over. Yeah, I've got, I've got a spot for you to run over right here, buddy. Good. Yeah, yeah. I've had to be really diligent about like reminding myself, uh, not to just sprint into like three v one situations for no reason, um, because it's you're going so fast that it's very easy to like not be watching your radar closely enough, and all of a sudden you're like on the wrong side of the battlefield, and it's not good. Yeah, you're like, um, uh oh. So too, I'm, too I'm a little wary, a little wary of that amped speed boost for sure. It is it is fun to feel that, though. I will say like the first time that kind of kicked in for the arc 3.0 speed boost, just feeling an yeah. actual massive boost to how fast you're. I was like, oh, this is this is what like mobility 30 would feel like in my head. This is so it's yeah, that's that's been kind of cool, especially if you just like run around doing random objectives, even just like catch crash or anything ridiculous and then all of a sudden i'm just like booking and i'm like oh yeah this is fun so i was like i enjoy that like that's one of those things i didn't expect and again i'm yeah. hoping with the grapple for lightfall that we get to have some ridiculous moments and be like all right now i'm just swinging from the trees so it looks like it's gonna be fun i like it for uh for speed running uh lost sectors i think it's gonna be really handy especially now that resilience is, is working again uh because there are so many fights you can skip straight past now yeah um and it's it's so oh yeah fast. with that like shield up too if you're booking it as yeah, a titan you know, yeah you can do it for for jug or just i mean honestly i think we you know with warlock with the um with the the spark that gives you damage reduction as well you, know, you get 20 percent damage reduction when people are close to you and it's like in pve it's 10 percent in pvp yeah um but uh but, you know yeah 20 percent dr on top of your dr that you're already getting from your armor you know if you've thrown on the right mods or whatever and your resilience like yeah it's just gonna be like you don't have to do any fights that you don't want to <laughs> not yeah. just hunters anymore i think i'll probably have a better feel on arc next week since i'll finally actually put some time in with the uh, resilience fix and everything coming this week but i mean i will say and this is why i think a lot of people were asking to see the raid even this Friday, as opposed to last Friday, because now we have lots of things fixed. Grenade launchers are fixed. Uh, the exotic from Lightfall was deactivated for a week. That thing's back. The Titan exotic just got turned on for the first time. Um, yeah. A lot of those things finally got done, and then the raid would be later. So hopefully when it comes to the next raid, which will be around Lightfall time, hopefully we do get that 10-day window to digest and... Enjoy the um, expansion a little more. And again, it's a reissue. I kind of feel like that in lightfall timing. It made some sense I got, but we'll see. 
Uh, but one thing I did want to get to before we, because uh, I know we kind of got a somewhat tight time window. I don't want to get too far out. <clears throat> Not really a controversial topic or anything. SBMM. <laughs> um, so basically on the TWAB this week, that was the main piece. Yeah, it's like uh, the main piece for the season. You got a really short quest. Expedition now goes to Cosmodrome, which is shorter, which I enjoy more. Uh, but the big thing talked about the matchmaking. And also, it was really funny to watch everybody at the first, like, few hours be like, Crucible matchmaking's terrible. And then they're like, it wasn't on for, like, the first, like, six, seven hours. So. Yeah. People don't know what they're talking about. Surprise. Newsflash. Players of Destiny don't know what they're talking about. Well, it was even funnier. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like a bug bug happens. But it's like the matchmaking they got, they're like, oh, it's awful. Connections are terrible. This is what I was waiting for. And granted, there's still some things where they're, like, the elite skill and the high and low are going to have some. But they got the worst possible matchmaking that exists in Destiny. The default is, hey, the next 11 people in the rotation, you're with them. Well, they're from all over the world. Doesn't matter. Go. Like, that was what they were sending out in that first little grouping. That is default matchmaking until it got switched over at, like, 7 p.m. So it was probably, like, nine hours it was on that first day. So everybody's first first was like, meh, 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 meh. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oops. Um... But I wanted to ask you, we've had multiple PvP people on kind of picking their brains. Castle popped on for our last discussion. I was curious because, I mean, you and Mercules have talked about it forever. PvP and kind of analysis, just like your window is like cones and analysis and being optimal a lot of the time in PvP. Where do you fall on what Bungie is trying to do? Obviously, it's not perfect right now because they are working on tweaking, but this loose SBMM if it falls into, say, more playlists, for example, like, you know, it spreads farther. I'm not even going to go into what Travis is hoping, like, comp could eventually be, like a ranked system. Well, I'm not going into that, where yes. that's, like, really, yes. really strict. But preach, that Preach on that. That's what I would like to do. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we all agree. I think everybody agrees there. Like, you want, like, ladders, like, diamond one, two, three. I'm down there in bronze four. Like, something doesn't exist on the ladder. I fell off of it. Think, I also think skill-based matchmaking should exist in every PvP plane. Willis, do not at me, my friend. Actually, you can't <laughs> at me because you're wrong, and I'm happy to hear your bad argument. So, But yeah. um, I wanted to see kind of where you are on just SBMM, kind of what they're trying to do, and just your take on you know, kind of the whole PvP Crucible Twitter explosion that I watched this afternoon. That's always entertaining. So I, first off, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that it's very easy for me to be calm about this. Um, because I live in the middle of Texas, and uh, I got, you know, 99 problems, but connection is not one of them. So it's uh, it's really, like, for me, it's been fine. Um, and I'm, I you know, always like to clarify, like, I am definitely not a top 1% PvP player. I am not in that skill bracket, and I don't have those experiences in the Crucible. Where would you place yourself if you're going to say, like, oh, top gosh. 10%? Top. 50 like i'm gonna say i'm probably right in the middle like the top of the bell curve i'm probably right there i'm like i'm de probably dead center so where do you think you are on the bell curve are you like slanting uh, down getting to where it starts so to level out I, i'm for sure probably top 30 percent okay um it's hard for me to judge you know because like occasionally i'll look at like the elo trackers and stuff but part of the problem is that I spend a lot of time in PvP intentionally playing with dumb loadouts because I don't care about my KD. Right. I don't care about Evo. fellow brother like, in Christ. Just love that. Do not the same way. Yeah. Like, you know, I I've got 
I've got an F a meter here and it is reading zero as far as my stats go for the crucible. <laughs> just don't care. So um, like 50% of my time is spent tanking my stats, uh, which probably has some impact on my skill rating. But my understanding is that Bungie's pretty good at picking out your skill rating, even when you're playing suboptimally. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's it's tough to uh, to judge, but some somewhere in the top quarter is is my guess. Yeah. And my experience so far has been great. My matches have been good. My connections have been good. They've been competitive. Um, I will say they have been a lot less lopsided on both ends. Good. Uh, I'm steamrolling less and I'm getting steamrolled less. So I'm I'm definitely in like the sweet spot where I've got a high population of Destiny players around me. You know, I've got San Antonio just south. I've got Austin just north, Houston and Dallas. Like there's oh, so many people playing Destiny in Texas and that, you know, and, and the Internet here is generally great if you live in or next to the city. So it's for me, it's not really an issue. Right. I'm, I'm really helped by that. Uh, the major connection issues are in the top, uh, and I think they say this in the TWAB, like the top 0.1%. Yeah, I'll read it for you. Players. It's, uh, for the highest skill band, uh, less than 0.1% of the population, matchmaking times average around 90 seconds during high population times, and then spiking to just over 200 seconds for low population times. For the lowest skill band, we're seeing matchmaking times between 120 at best and 240 at worst. Uh, but they said on average, matchmaking went up about five to 10 seconds. Now, I said yeah. before when we had this discussion, I was like, I will wait. You know, I'd say it was like 15, 20 seconds just for a better match. And what you described is what they're going for, because they say the skill difference we see in control is stark. Without SBMM, only 10 percent of matches had 600 or less skill difference. Means like basically less than 10 matches had people that were kind of close together in this 2000 point scale that they've got. With yeah. SBMM on, they say 80% have people within that 600-point range, which is impressive because I was even joking about, like, when I've talked about it before, to say, like, zero, like a 1 to a 10. Like, a 1 shouldn't play a 10. They're on a 20-point scale, and they're within 6. And they're actually getting people generally within that for a large average of the time. Um, yeah. For God 90, bless skill-based For 90% of games without SBMM, the average skill of all players within a game was between... 300 and negative 100. That line keeps screwing me up, which is weird. But anyway, uh, but they say now we see a significant number of games with a higher average skill. Um, so it looks like those last two lines are weird, but it does seem like that most of the with SBMM on, I don't like the way those two lines are written. So if somebody wants to clarify that, totally fine. It just reads weird to me. But it does seem like with them on, 80% of matches have that like 600 point gap, which seems good which seems like they're actually going for what they're um, averaging. A couple other pieces, and then we can kind of discuss it. Mercy games are down 4%, not as much as they had hoped, but they said they're shrinking a little by the day. Uh, games where the score threshold has been met remained about steady, and then games that go to time rose by about 4%. They will say if they see time being something that get hits more gets hit more frequently, basically more competitive matches, you're going to be closer and closer to that like 149 to 150. It just takes longer to get the kills. 
if they see the time going longer, they probably have like, hey, a match should be eight minutes. If we're hitting this nine much more frequently, they might bring score threshold or something back down to kind of make that more manageable. <clears throat> they also said games where the best player had 30 plus more kills than the worst player went from 9%, basically one in every 10 games, almost down to 2%. That's a massive drop. Like to see that, you know, the 30, like 30, like somebody's getting eight. And the other person just got like 40. That person's going to yeah. see that instead of one out of 10, one out of 50 games, they're going to see that and like every blue moon. Sure. But that's better games where the best player had 10 to 19 more than the worst went from 35 to 55%. So half games, you have more than half of the games, best to worst is a 20 point range. That's actually, I mean, that's a, that's a cool aspiration that I think they actually did a pretty good job hitting. Uh, they are seeing quitting. And this is the one thing I will see on Twitter. Saw a little bit of this. Um, quitting is an issue right now, which, you know, yeah. there can be bigger issues than just like, Hey, somebody got dropped out of a match. Like people don't like maps. They want to quit. I mean, it's not just like, Oh, something came up in the house and I got to go run. People are apparently quitting. Uh, quitting has gone up. They say by 4%. I mean, obviously the vocal minority on Twitter has made it sound like a lot more than that, but quitting has gone up 4%. And they said it's even worse is if they do actually get 12 relatively close people. And then they're trying to find some other person to fill that hole. I don't know if that's the issue or they're just not putting people in there. But I know I've seen some people where it's like two versus six after people have quit so much. So if people yeah. are not being backfilled in, that is a major problem, I think, which definitely hopefully gets fixed. But as for the stats, um, I just kind of wanted to see what you guys think about just kind of everything I went over. Travis, what do you is this music to your ears? Is this uh? Good things or where are you at on all this outside of the quitting, which that's we'll get yeah. to. It's it's mostly good news. Like uh skill based matchmaking is a necessity if you want your lobbies to feel not terrible. Uh it helps all people, it raises all ships, right? The people that are the most skillful are gonna be playing against their peers and getting better by playing against the people that they should be playing against, and the people that are really bad at crucible won't get stomped on and then never play again. So I think it will ultimately uh, result in a better experience all around the only people it really hurts are the people who want lopsided matches so that they can you know do crazy stuff which is not really a great aspiration if you're trying to create a, a balanced pvp world which uh, bungie seems uh determined to do um and you know those people they have private lobbies if they want to do that there's plenty of opportunities for you to play with your bad friends in a private match uh if you want to just try out stuff like that so i've sort of talked about this enough already yeah. i think but uh yeah i i've not gotten to try out the new lobbies uh the only destiny i played this week was just doing my weeklies and uh king's fall so i need to get in there but just at, at a general level i'm super happy to see this i do have qu questions about some of their data about uh specifically the quitting about the uh, claimed uh, greater engagement that they're saying is oh, due I did to the skip fact that, that population. Yeah. yeah. So let me say that, that, that real they're, quick. That they're, they're claiming is due to the, the skill based matchmaking, yeah, which say, I don't know if I buy. In the first uh, week of Season of Plunder, 140,000 more hours of control have been played than the first week of Season of the Haunted. We had around 11% increase in the total number of players playing control. Now, yeah. they state that, and this, I saw this on Twitter and a couple other places, and as you said, without giving a lot of the information around a statistic, when you have the game is free on Epic for, you know, like 
everything. Just come in, try and get all the stuff that you can. Some people are going to trip into the big control button at the top. All expansions are free. All expansions are free for a little while. Um, All of those things. Again, this is why I was like, I need a non-Iron Banner week at like six or seven. Then I want to see, like, give me Risen, give me Haunted, and give me Plunder at like an even week. And then I want to see where things land. Or you could just adjust based on the larger player base overall. So the player bases for this season are much greater than last season. Uh, and so you could, you would just need to adjust it and say like, you know, the average people playing crucible matches are playing more than they were last time or something like that. But yeah, I have questions about their data certainly, but overall uh, I expect that this is good news for their PVP uh, sandbox. I am not surprised that it's good news. Anybody who, has any understanding of how this stuff works, I think agrees that this is a best practice and is likely to result in people enjoying their matches more. Um, interested to see what the quitting thing is. Perhaps it is uh, Destiny yeah. players not being used to matches being longer. That could be one thing. Or perhaps being frustrated that they are uh, not ending quickly enough, aka they're not either just getting beaten or getting, or beating the other team uh, in a, a sufficiently short time span. But I think that probably will uh level set after a while once people course correct or they shorten times or something of that nature but uh they certainly probably should look into making matches shorter if uh they're going to be more balanced because that is definitely something that uh is going to affect people's experience and likely to likeliness to uh to quit out of a match uh kit with just all this stuff i wanted to ask you you got this little like this connection and I'm going to call him, I'm going to call him Mercules. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, or, sorry, I'm going to call him Hercules. <laughs> um, that's probably worse. Anyway, but um, the idea would be like, you guys have spent so much time breaking down weapons and spend a lot of time in PvP, most of your time in Destiny PvP. And we joked about like, hey, we'd love a ranking system and ladder. And you're like, yep, 100%. If you were going to... Um, basically look for like how would you like to see crucible like by the time we get lightfall or final shape or if you were going to ask for like three things in there because i've heard like map voting going around i know like a rank system what are your top three like major asks that you would look for in crucible because that is kind of your world and what would make it better yeah so um first up i i would love to see uh map rotation handled in a better way yeah. uh, than it currently is. Uh, the the waiting on new maps, it's it's like fine for a week or two, but it definitely gets a little frustrating when you feel like you're getting the same three maps on a really repetitive basis, especially when you play a lot of Crucible. Um, it, can get, it can get a little tiresome. Uh, it's, you know, it it does force you to adapt. You know, there's, there's a lot of bigger maps that are... Uh, kind of high in the waiting right now that are showing up a lot and i'm running a lot of close range uh loadouts which is forcing me to get good at using cover so i'm i'm taking the opportunity to work on my skill set yep. um while i wait for them to do something about it but um, but i'd love to see map rotation handled in a different way yep that may play into the the current quitting issue a little bit in conjunction with connection issues um and in, in skill-based matchmaking, I think some people are like, oh, I've been waiting for two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. I finally got a match. I know connections are going to be mediocre, and I'm stuck on disjunction for the third time 
in the last hour, like, eh, I don't I don't want to play this one. And they just back out. It, you know, I, I could totally see that that makes sense to me as a thing that someone would do. Um, you know, especially if you're if you're at the, the higher or the lower end, um, because those those are much smaller populations in the skill band, right? It it works like a bell curve. So most people are kind of lumped into that middle section. And if you're in that middle 70%, 80%, you know, your connections are probably fine right now. You know, maybe now and then you get somebody who's lagging. It happens. It's a video game. We get over it. Um, you know, when you're in that outer, the, the outer edges, you know, the bottom 1%, the top 1%, um, I would love to see them making connection a little more important than they have. Because I, you know, it, it does, it does suck to see people uh, having a bad time, people who love playing Crucible having a bad time. And I do understand, you know, I, I hear both sides, right? I, I definitely orient a lot of my advice to people who are in the lower end of the skill range, because if you're super good at Crucible, you probably don't need advice on picking weapons. You probably know what you like, <laughs> yeah. right? So that's not, my show's not really for those people as much. Um, that said, you know, I, I want people who are struggling in Crucible to have a good time. If their connections suck, and at the very bottom 1%, I guarantee they're just as bad as the top no. 1%, um, because their skill bands are just as tiny, and they're sitting there for two minutes, and the ping's climbing, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I don't know what the formula is exactly, but you can tell that there's a certain point that connection stops being a priority, you know, and when I play during low population times, there's a certain point where I'm just like, oh, this match is just going to suck. Yeah. And uh, I don't usually quit out, but I, I could I could understand where somebody might, you know, if the connections are just really bad and the match is not going well for you. Sure. You walk away. Um. So I'd love to see them working on making connection a bigger priority, especially at the ends of the spectrum. That makes that uh, that's probably fair because even they mentioned they said with SBMM on eighty percent of the games have um, that separation of six hundred or less, and if you're dealing with two thousand, even if it's from negative a thousand to negative four hundred, I mean when the bell curve middle and the median sits at one hundred, you're there's a large chunk again that I feel like. The, the negative thousand does not need to play with a thousand, but in my head, the negative thousand could easily play with negative thousand to 100, like play with half of the bell curve. And again, right. and that's why I think where you're saying is like they, they could spread the connection to be a little, the farther out you get, there needs to be some connection kind of like prioritization in there too, even if it does widen the skill, because yeah, good players, you know, in that top half could have a little wider spectrum and they could have a little more fun with some of their skill gaps. And I get they're trying to keep the kill differences close, which I get. But especially as you're saying, those ends might need to broaden the pools and keep connection a little heavier. So I that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think the as like a baseline implementation, this is a great start for skill based matchmaking. Um, but it's it's pretty clear that they that they still have some work to do to make the game you know, uh, an enjoyable experience or at least an experience that can be enjoyed if somebody chooses to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, Bungie can never please all the guardians all the time. Uh, everyone knows this. Sure. 
<laughs> well, it's like, and I think what we've talked about, and I mean, I'm not trying to steal your point here, but also it's like when you picture, and this helps more the high versus the low, but on the higher end, as you've said, like if there was a crucible ladder with incentive, yeah. which is the other big caveat in there, um, that would pull some of that higher end to a place that they want to be. Yes. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if I stole one of your bullet points, but continue. Well, so yeah, I'll move on because I am I feel like I'm beating that horse to death. Everybody, Everybody's talking about that. So the second thing I'd love to see is just a kind of a complete restructuring of the Crucible screen. Um, you know, uh, I think, and I'll kind of just go through some some high points here rather than spend an hour breaking down what I'd love to see. I think Trials should be an in-game loot grind. Like that should be what the whole experience is built around. It's just an in-game loot grind because trying to make it anything else, which is what they've spent years doing, they've, they've spent years trying to make it anything. They've tried to make it a tournament and it's not a tournament. Like if they, if they implement a, a tournament system, great. I'll also play that. But that's not what Trials has been. It's, it's been an in-game in loot grind that has been gatekept for years. And I think they just need to like, decide what it is that trials is for do that and then we move on sounds uh, like I somebody i know <laughs> travis <laughs> we need a we need a casual it's funny, how when, it's funny how whenever we have a pvp main on here we start to really jive <laughs> when it comes to these ideas i i feel i feel like there are a lot of people who have a good sense of like what would be fun uh in the in, for crucible for a lot of people um i think we need a a casual playlist where the focus is on Games with good connections, with just enough skill-based matchmaking to keep, uh, you know, the worst players from having to play people who are in like the top fifty percent, and keep the best players from having to play people who are in the bottom fifty percent. Um, you know, and then there's some gradation there, right? I'm not, I'm being very vague, yeah, uh, because the, you know, the formulas are complicated, and I'm not trying to pretend I'm, I'm a game designer here, but fundamentally. You know, I, I absolutely want a casual list where those people don't really see each other ever. And then I'm fine. I'm, I'll am i play the top 0.1%. I'm nowhere near their skill level, but I'll happily have them in my games now and then. You know, yeah. uh, seeing, seeing that level of play either for or against is a great way for me to learn at the point that I'm at. So um, I also think we need a very, like, detailed competitive playlist with a ranked ladder system with visible ranks that also lets you see the ranks of all of your opponents and everyone on your team. So there's no like mysterious hidden information. Um, and I, you know, it needs like <laughs> loads of cosmetic rewards that get better and better. The higher up you go. Yeah. Do you hear? What um, yeah, me too. Like no, no pinnacle weapons locked away behind skill. Cause that's, that's just a great way, I think, to make people frustrated and upset and also encourage people to pay for uh, for recubs and things, which isn't necessarily something I think Bungie wants to be encouraging. So no pinnacles, just just cosmetics, sweet emotes, bragging sweet, rights. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, give it give us a, you know, a, a fifty five hundred uh, emote, you know, where you oh, just yeah, like there you go. 
hold up a sign or you like point up and it shows 5,500. What, no. you know, so, give us fun stuff like that. I mean, Let's what if drag. you just have like a guardian sitting there like a baseball, but just spinning a diamond if you're in diamond league and they're just like, yeah. and it's yeah. just this like little humble brag that, you know, or Onyx like for Halo, just like whatever that top elite list would be. Or a glow of some kind. Uh, Lows are great too. What about the little things we used to wear for nightfall completions? Which There's are... so many things they can do. It's such oh, a waste yes. of opportunity. And yeah, all, in all of and, and I, I, I think part of this might be, you know, the elephant in the room that is Eververse and how much has just become locked behind that. But, you know, it, I, either Bungie is serious about PvP or they aren't and they need to implement something like this. And I think their willingness to, you know, rework what Trials is and rework what skill-based matchmaking and how that, how that uh, fits into their sandbox. I think it shows that they are serious about it. They realize there is a problem and now they just need to put the resources behind fixing it um and yeah man i'm with you kutch like this stuff yeah. keeps me up at night you know you log on the rocket league and you're like it's right there it's right yeah. there you know you could do this so easily so i i just want it to i want it to be thing yeah so like you know like if i were to get a little more a little more into it there's stuff that i love to see them do with like you know like kind of casual event playlists and stuff during the week and and bringing in wacky modifiers to to some of that that I think would be fun aside from just mayhem because mayhem is great and all but like what if we had an arc, arc burn you know for a day on a casual playlist like yeah. I, I, th- I feel like there's some some sweet stuff they could do that would just make the game uh, le- lean into the wackiness of destiny destiny's got some wackiness the 30th anniversary really leaned into it hard on the pve side yeah I, i'd love to see some something like that come to pvp but not before Right. We look at the the core structural issues. Um, I also think adding playlists is not something they should be focused on right now. I think they should be focused on having like at most like four quality playlists that are fun to play. A lot of people ask for things like freelance and as a solo player, I love freelance when it's available, but like it also splits the population and potentially makes the experience worse. Uh, you know, on, on a low at a low pop time or a low pop. Yeah. I was day, like, I so. think if I mean, I think what you're saying is what I would honestly love to see just for a little variety, too, because you have the rotator. I want them to shove the rotator up into control. And as you said, casual. And then in there, they just need to have weights on party size. If you got a party yeah. of six, try and find, you know, a reasonable like try and take yep. that. And again, if you go on as a party of six, it may take a little longer. And then the solos. Those probably should almost be easier to match make as just a whole bunch of solos dump them into a lobby if they're decent like that. But yeah, I mean, you have, you know, Team Scorched. You can even, like, I mean, I hell, you can throw a rumble into some of these things. But yeah, as you're saying, the population doesn't need divided, but like casual ranks, you know, you could be team waiting for sure. And it'd be yeah. easier to do if they consolidated playlists. Exactly. If they, yeah. then fire team waiting doesn't hurt matchmaking times as, as badly. Right. If people only have two or three choices yeah you know so but i mean just even what you just said like arc like you could only have arc weapons equipped and yeah. then an arc subclass and that's what do you get like your kinetic arc energy arc super and arc subclass like just some those are the things i wish crucible labs could have been yeah yeah and they could just throw that in and be like hey goofy playlist go and just like let a couple people brainstorm in a corner crazy things and see what sticks maybe it's just like Give, give us all every, the nightfall. Heavy, everybody stuff. has heavy weapons only. 
or it's this like all what, linear all snipers are yeah just this, this is why i i think bungie needs to address their playlist problem because it's crazy to me that every yeah. game mode is its own playlist and actually every game mode is almost two playlists lists because of freelance and it's just like most other multiplayer games don't do that most pvp games they throw everything in buckets and they give mm -hmm. you maybe two or three buckets and you never know what you're going to get so you could end up in a mayhem match or a scorch match or whatever and you just sort of you just are along for the ride with the playlist or there's some sort of voting involved where you can vote on which of the you know yeah, three sure. options are available i, what, I just think what uh, mode and what map couple quick votes don't yeah. take like 10 seconds bam and bam it, it would it there's... would also help their player population problem right with uh with the fact that they've got way too many playlists for pvp and and in a game that already has way too many playlists i mean there's like what three strike playlists or something like that so they could um they could solve a lot of their problems with stuff like this, and it would allow them to try new things without worrying about disrupting their player base. Because it's not like you just throw it onto an existing uh, playlist. So, so many possibilities, man. I'm I'm gonna throw it out here too. This feels like the platform. My my pitch for what map voting could look like, because I think, you know, there are some there are some potential big downsides. Like people are worried like, oh, we're just going to play the same three PVP maps that people love if we have map voting. Um, and it'll get it'll get just as boring, but in the opposite direction. Um, so I don't, I don't know how many people played uh, Mario Kart online, but uh, I was pretty, pretty good at Mario Kart for a while. Yeah. Um, and they had, a, they had a system at one point where you could vote for the track, but you get a random selection of tracks. It would right. be like three or four that you could vote for. And your voting wasn't like, it wasn't a win-lose vote. You would vote, and then it would randomly pick one person's vote. And so it's double, it's kind of doubly random yep. there. And even the, if a thing only gets one vote, still has a chance that that might happen. So you don't end up crowding into the same stuff quite as often. Um, obviously, you know, it's a whole new system. So I, I know the dev time on that is not a small thing, right. but it would be nice to uh, to have some choice. And to, I think when you have when you feel like you have some control and you feel like you get a vote that always counts, even if you're the only person that votes for that thing, like even if one in 12 games, your vote gets picked like, hey, you're you deciding one. the map one in 12 games, right? Exactly. Like that's that feels good. Um, so. Yeah, I think uh, I th I think I, I would be on board work. with everything you've said so far. I don't think anything here I have a I problem it. with, like ranked, casual playlist, map voting, and just like that kind of double randomness. But at some point, hey, I picked one, cool, like that. Yeah. Just, but yeah, as you said, the whole. I mean, I would be very curious to ask because I know some people might hate this, but even every so often, if I just went to the casual playlist, all of a sudden it's Rumble. I would be okay with that if it's just like mixed in with Scorched and Mayhem and Showdown and everything else. Every so often you're like, because honestly, Rumble is one of the best ways to get better. I just tend not to go put myself in there because I'm usually just, you know, knocking out my three and not doing as much. But if that was in the mix every so often, you're like, oh, guess I'm playing Rumble. Okay, I got to. And it just kind of changes your feeling. That whole population lumped into one casual playlist. I'd love to see it. So that's just me. But what 12 Guardian Rumble. I'm just going to say that. Oh, I'll leave that. That's terrifying, Please. but fun. <laughs> Please bring it, bring it. I mean, I, I would love it. Or teams of three crucible match. Yeah. Oh, multi-team. Yeah, that would be cool as well. Multi-team. 
multi-flag right. flag. Yep. You know, spitball yeah, I was like, man. I will. Absolutely. I was like, we could spitball forever, but I want to make sure we kind of respect your time as we're getting tight here. Um, yep. I think it has been promising to see a con- more continual discussion recently about PVP, which gives us hope about theoretically something for comp. I don't know what it is, but we're all dreaming that season 19 might be something cool. Uh, and then Lightfall. The on the street. Yeah, it's like Lightfall might be bringing something as well. So it seems like there is, they've expanded drastically the studio for many reasons. But if you got to feel like PvP now seems to be one of the pieces of focus. And then also now with this upcoming season where it's subclass, 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 Crucible might be coming. It sounds in Lightfall they're going to be doing stuff with the Vanguard playlist. I'm hoping that kind of gets a little refresh there. But season 19 might be the Crucible one. And I am totally fine with that because. It's due. Long, long overdue. And maybe we can uh, steal you and maybe uh, see about talking to uh, your co-hosts, getting you back. Maybe if we get any crazy stuff on there. I don't know if he's allowed, but I know you got him on your show. So, yeah, no, it's you know that they, I don't think they get a lot of choice uh, yeah. about, you know, when they go on or, or who goes on. I think there's I think there's a lot of PR folks involved in making those calls we've we've done that once or twice so yeah there's there's multiple paths and people and things there but um yeah yeah, if nothing else i know cognito couldn't be here um he would probably not forgive me if i didn't say please pass along his just hello to uh mercules because i know we met him at like gcx a while ago and we've been following you guys and he loves like what you guys do and everything always has awesome Um, thank you he wasn't here but i wanted to pass that on from him because I know he's just been a big fan of both you guys and stuff like that forever. So he may not get to talk to Mercules because he works there now, but to both of you guys, he definitely wanted to say thank you. And from us here as well, um, you've been an absolute blessed, level-headed, cool, chill, um, you know, talking and understanding multiple sides of the arguments and stuff. And that's exactly what we're going for. So if I get a PVP panel together at some point, it might be uh, picking your brain to come back for that one because I've been trying to figure out what what heads I want to get in there to make it interesting. So, well, I, I'd, I'd love to come back sometime for sure. This has been, this has been a blast talking about, uh, stuff a little, a little different than I sometimes get into, uh, on, on my own podcast. So yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. Well, at this point now is the time to kind of tell everybody where to find you because you're our guest, but they got to go find all of your stuff. Um, sure. Platform so, source. Uh, the easiest way to connect to all of the things that I am doing is to hit up destinymassivebreakdowns.com. Uh, that will link you to uh, all the podcasts, link you to my Discord, uh, my Twitter. Um, you can follow uh, Destiny Massive Breakdowns as as the show at DestinyMBP. That's going to be Destiny-only tweets. You can follow me. Uh, it's It's the same name as you see. Uh, on the screen there uh, at KYT underscore Kucha. And uh, that will be Destiny tweets, but also like random other tweets, you know, things like seeing bears uh, up close in the wild and going on climbing uh, and going to Big Bend or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You and yeah so. Obstacle races. I haven't done an obstacle race in years. I used to do those quite a bit for a little stint there. They're fun. I, I, uh, I, I now have uh, an, an obstacle course in my backyard to supplement this stuff hanging from the ceiling of my garage. So, well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. You're a crazy nimble guy, but yeah, definitely. I mean, 
Uh, if you guys haven't listened to Destiny Massive Breakdown, please go listen to them. Um, absolutely amazing show. A lot of information. You could go back to old shows and just learn things about guns. Like, you'll learn things just going to listen to old stuff. So, please, go check them out. We got random errands and stuff. Like, it is a very good way to fill your ears of different Destiny information than you might have tripped into from other shows. But definitely very informative for pretty much every player, I would say. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and the podcast is is everywhere that you listen to podcasts except on YouTube, uh, <laughs> which I'm I'm hoping to fix this fall. So there you go. I mean, trust me, people will throw just an image and play audio so you could easily just start doing that. That's that does not take much. I that may be what I have to do because we we do it pre-recorded. Uh, yeah. We do a lot of editing. We let people do retakes and stuff. It's not it's not a, it's very much not a live show. Yeah. Uh, so. We'll see. We'll see what we end up doing here. But my my aim this fall is to get uh, Destiny Massive Breakdowns onto YouTube and to get I also produce uh, Podcast versus Enemies, a PVE in-game show, which is very much the same vibe, but for people who do raid and hosted ah. by people who also raid who are not me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Grandmasters and all that, they they do that. It's part of the Massive Breakdowns family of, nice. of shows and highly recommend it. Oh, yeah. You just slap the audio on YouTube, put an image up. Yeah, you'd have a channel in no time with your guys following and stuff. You'd be rolling. <laughs> oh, well, Although we'll, I not, think we'll find out live recording. I don't know. That's a P bunch of PVP mains who can't perform under pressure. I don't know about Gosh. that, man. You got to <laughs> you got to you got to play with live ammo. Let's do it. Oh, man. my goodness. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I definitely want to extend our pleasure and from Cognito. I know he wanted to pass everything. So tell Mercules and also to you directly, both of you guys, massive thanks from him, from me, from Travis. Um, thank you for being here. And then Travis, as we wrap up, I don't have a whole bunch. Do you have anything to cover before we go? No, let's, let's send this man on his way. He's Indeed. Us enough time. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys know where to find all of our stuff. You've heard it before. Ebontis and Ty Guy Travis, but the, the guest here, um, KYT underscore K-U-T-C-H-A. That's Twitter. And then Massive Breakdowns Podcast. If you find either of those, you're going to find all of the amazing work this man does and follow him. You're in for a good time. But for this episode, number 213, chat, you guys have been amazing. Thank you for being here for the show live. Um, go tell other people to find this one. Go tell people about Massive Breakdowns. Spread the word of all the good that this guy is doing. And um, we'll see about getting him back in the future for some more entertaining chats. Uh, but for this episode... September 1st, we are two-thirds through the year, which sounds weird, but we are. But, uh, did it. yeah. You did it All organically. Right. Here we did you go. Catch that? You, <laughs> you just did that without just even... Just like, no, I'm, trust me, I'm thinking yeah. through it, but I'm talking myself through it. So, thank you guys very much. Have a fantastic one. And for this episode, it has been... The Last, the last Word. word.